Tappers, what's up? It is the Wednesday edition of the Daily Tap. Hope everybody is doing well. We're going to talk about the helpless Brewers offense and why I feel like I'm out of answers. Um, so we'll talk about where the Brewers are offensively, um, which I feel like we've been doing a lot, but bears repeating. Um, we'll also talk about Luis Urias, um, where that's going with shortstop and David Stearns. Tried to be the big dick in the cracker factory, and he's looking like a small dick. So we'll talk about that. We will also do some quick hitters on Aaron Rodgers talking to Kenny Mayne. Also, uh, Ryan Braun uh, potentially back in the middle of the season. We'll talk about that rumor. We'll actually probably flip those. We'll do Braun first, then Rogers, And then lastly, um, we will talk about the Milwaukee COVID rules coming off, what that means for the summer, what that means for the Milwaukee Bucks, the Milwaukee Brewers, and also, too, if Summerfest has an ounce of regret by not keeping their schedule as it's a tinge of regret. So we'll talk about all that today. Good show. Um, and let's start with the Milwaukee Brewers. So Milwaukee Brewers lost again. Uh, they are 5-11 and 11 in the month of May. They are having an awful May. And now if you remember, I said on the podcast, I think last week, um, you know, the Brewers can have a bad month, but if you're at least 500 or you're close to 500, it really doesn't matter. Like you just need one or two really good months, which the Brewers already had a good month in April, 16 and 10. They just need to have a, one or two more of those and they'll probably be a playoff team. But the Milwaukee Brewers keep losing, and the teams around them keep winning. The Chicago Cubs won last night. They are now a half game ahead of the Brewers. Uh, The St. Louis Cardinals also won, so the Brewers are three games back. And division races don't matter right now. We're not even to fucking Memorial Day. We'll be there next week. We can talk about it a little more then. But that said, the Brewers' offense just does not seem to be working. Nothing seems to be going right for them. I know Christian Yelich just came back, which is a massive boost for this team. But the fact of the matter is, is the Milwaukee Brewers can't hit. And I don't, I'm kind of out of answers. And it's now been a two-year thing. Like, here's, here, here's where it all comes down. Here's where the rubber meets the road. The fact of the matter is, is the Brewers had this problem last year. It's the same team, really. Um, there's only a few differences, but it really is the exact same team. And they could not hit the ball last year, and they struggled with it last year. Now, I understand the ball is deadened uh, by Major League Baseball, which is a wild move that Major League Baseball decided we want less offense. Everybody's here to watch home runs and high-scoring games, and you know what we're going to do? We're going to deaden the baseball, and no one's going to score runs, and it's going to be great, and everybody's going to enjoy it. And lo and behold, we've had six no-hitters. That's weird, right? We've had six no-hitters to start the season. And that probably has something to do with the ball being deadened. And shockingly, none of those teams are the Milwaukee Brewers. The fact the Brewers haven't been no-hit as everybody else is getting no-hit is fucking incredible. I give the Brewers a lot of credit uh, for that because I would have thought for sure the Brewers would have gotten no-hit by now. Um, They haven't. Um, Their offense at least is a little bit better than that. But the fact is, is they can't do anything offensively. And I was, I kind of, after talking to my dad last week, I was like, okay, don't fire Andy Haynes yet. Give him some more time. Let this offense sort of come back to life. Let's see how they do with Yelich, how they see they do with Hira. But the fact of the matter is, is like, it's not getting better. And it's, and like, there's no like signs of improvement. You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing to be bad. And it's one thing to be bad, but 
there are moments where you're like, all right, this team is, you know, they're, they're, they could turn it around. You can point to, you know, an Atlanta game, right, what they did on Sunday, and say maybe there are a few more of those and be like, all right, they have it in them. We just, we, we haven't seen it. And then, but they, that that's not happening, right? Like, look at the Brewers in the last month. It's been so fucking bad. And it, it, it's hard to explain and it's hard to wrap your head around. But the Milwaukee Brewers have been just absolute garbage when it comes to their performance in the month of May. And, and it, I just, it's hard for me to wrap my head around why this has been so bad for them. And why this just has continued to tank. And now they're a game away from being under 500 for the first time since I believe they were 0 1 against, or 1 2 against the Minnesota Twins. I think that was the last time the Brewers were under 500 this season. So that's crazy, A, that that, that happened, but B, it's just, man, you got to get better. And if you look at the Brewers' output, they had that one game against against Atlanta but other than that it's been absolutely ugly you know the Brewers had really since that game against the so they were two oh they lost two nothing to the Phillies then they lost six one to Marlins they got six runs then they only got two runs they won against the Marlins the next game then they lost the series to the Cardinals where they they scored one run they only scored a total of five runs they won four to one in one of those games thank god and then against Atlanta, they were putrid until that breakup. So really since the Phillies game last couple Thursdays ago, they have just been non-existent offensively. And so what what can you do to fix this? Is it just a brand new lineup? Is it a totally different philosophy? Do you, and I, I and this is the frustrating thing, guys. If you listen to the podcast last summer, um, late summer when the Brewers were back from COVID. I probably bitched about this offense a couple times. I could dig through and find you a podcast. And at that point, I was like, look, just change your philosophy. Just completely throw everything out of the window. Because it felt last year like the Brewers were trying too hard to sort of take walks and be patient. And they were thinking too much at the plate. I don't know if it's the same this season. But the Brewers are dangerously close to being non-existent this summer. And if they keep losing games and keep falling apart and they're not going to be a factor in the NL Central. It'll be the Cubs and Cardinals and then the Brewers and Reds will kind of be a situation where you got to get hot for basically three or four weeks. And I understand maybe I'm being impatient. I I get it, right? Christian Ellis just came back. Kestin Hira probably on his way back. I would be surprised if Kestin Hira isn't up by the weekend. He's been really hitting the ball in AAA. It seems like he's centering himself. And so I, so maybe it it needs to, we need to wait till June and we're just going to need to bite down and wait for this. But they were playing a gas can of a pitcher yesterday. Chris Bubik is not good. And the Brewers made him look like a fucking Cy Young. And they faced Brad Keller today, who's awful. One of the worst pitchers in baseball this season. And if you can't get five runs on Brad Keller, well, then you should just fire yourself. You shouldn't be a part of this roster. If the Brewers lose this game tonight, I don't even know what the rant will be tomorrow. And so I don't always like doing like Brewer recaps every 
every game because I, I don't think it's warranted. We have 162 of these fucking things. But at the same time, when the offense continues to struggle like this, you can't help but say something and can't say. But but as a fan, you you feel helpless. You feel like every game you're go- is going to be the same for the Brewers. Well, and Mitch had mentioned this on Tab the Keg last week. He's like, I'm not. I've kind of tuned out a little bit because I'm like, I know in the sixth inning the Brewers are just gonna have one run. And it's like, can we just get some early offense? That that's basically what happened in the early part of the season. The Brewers were gonna get one or two runs early on, and then they'd build off that. What the fuck happened? So Andy Haynes, Craig Council, everybody needs to figure out how can you get back to that April production? And can we just kind of turn back the clock? They didn't really have Christian Yelich in April either. So how can they sort of figure this all out? Because it's desperately needed for the Milwaukee Brewers. And if they don't figure it out soon, they are going to become irrelevant. Especially when you have a Milwaukee Bucks team that's going into the playoffs. Like, the Bucks are going to be the team people care about all summer. And that's a, that hurts for the Brewers. Now it'll be nice that the Brewers will have 100% fans in the at the end of June. And we can talk, we'll talk about some COVID stuff later today. So maybe the Brewers will get some love for that. But everybody's going to focus their attention on, on the Bucks. No one's going to give one shit about the Brewers if they continue down this path. Now they can turn it around, as mentioned. Keller tonight's not good. The Reds have not been playing really good baseball. You have them over the weekend. So you, if you can kind of start getting winning some series and getting back to life and maybe getting close to 500 by the end of May, it'll be fine. If they're 500 at the end of May, like for the, for the month, not for the team, if they end up getting back to 500 by May, it's a huge accomplishment and they should use that as motivation. I talked about the window of opportunity, I believe, yesterday. It's there. They should know that. And But the window of opportunity won't even matter if the offense can't get going. So let's hope the Brewers start finding a little more offense, a little more consistency, and that they can start averaging a few more runs a game. And can we get Brandon Woodruff some run support for fucking sake? I wrote about this on SnowTapWI, so I don't want to repeat myself too much. But Brandon Woodruff is getting zero run support. And it's so infuriating to watch. Because Brandon Woodruff is shoving every night, looking like a Cy Young, and he just gets no support from his guys. And I understand sometimes offensively, it's a weird psychological thing, but people may not work as hard on those type of days. Like, it sucks, man. Give Brandon Woodruff the love he deserves, please. So that's what I ask for. Other Brewer thing real quick. Luis Urias, man, he he continues to just be awful in the field. Um, Urias... Had another two errors last night. One proved to be costly, which which led in a run. Urias has nine errors in the since the start of the season. Louis, uh, Orlando Arcia, for reference, has only had I think he only had seven errors for a season. Like I think that was his career high. Um, I, I thought Will Salmon had a good line when someone mentioned this to him. Will Salmon's like they're both below average baseball players, and he's right. Like I understand people wanting. Uh, Orlando Arcia back, but the fact of the matter is, is Orlando Arcia just isn't that good of a player. Like he really isn't. And Urias has been bad, but the the real disaster, the real sort of look at this, is more on on David Stearns than anybody else. The fact that Luis Urias is this error machine 
and has just been tossing it around the around the base paths is more of a problem and more of an indictment on David Stearns than anything else. And I have no problem getting rid of Orlando Arcia. I don't. But you should have someone else ready to go. And the fact that Luis Urias has nine errors, they really don't have another person to play shortstop. It's just him. It seems foolish. Like Daniel Robinson, I believe, is still dealing with a concussion when he got hit in the head. He's on the, the IL. So it's like, all right, the Brewers need to make a roster. I love Tyrone Taylor, right? I think Tyrone Taylor deserves to be a roster spot on the Brewers. But they might need to look at a shortstop. They might need to look at what they have in the minor leagues. I have no idea what even is on their 40-man roster to say, all right, can someone push Urias and say, all right, time is up, man. You can't keep doing this. This this is not, it's not going to work for us. It's not going to happen because they really need something else. They really need someone to step up and, and they don't. I mean, Jace Peterson on the IL, uh, Robinson on the IL. So there, if you look at their 40-man roster, there is not a shortstop there. And that that's a real issue. That's a real issue right now for, for the Brewers because Urias needs to needs to figure it out. And the Brewers can't keep having this and can't keep having a putrid shortstop. Because if they do, that that just hurts their whole philosophy this season. The Brewers were supposed to be this dominant defensive team with great pitching and just enough offense. Well, right now they have a bad offense. And let's be clear, if you have a bad shortstop, your defense isn't that good. It's above, they, Do they have an above average defense? Yeah, sure. But they really don't have it. And I don't know, like Hernan Perez is in the minor leagues right now for the Nashville Sounds. He's not on the 40-man roster. The Brewers brought him back. I'm not a huge Hernan Perez guy. but And I think he sucked at shortstop too. And so, and D Gordon, I don't think he can play shortstop. So I have no idea what this team could do. I guess Daniel Robinson right now is in a rehab assignment. So Daniel Robertson is in a rehab assignment right now, as is Jace Peterson. So, and Tim Lopes is as well. So maybe the Brewers do have some help on the way. And maybe that can lead to a shortstop, you know, keep going, coming up for the Brewers and taking away some time from Urias. But Robertson, Peterson, even Hernan Perez, Tim Lopes, none of those guys are big league shortstops. So the Brewers really need, if they want to be a World Series contender, they need to rethink what they're doing with Urias and kind of pull the ripcord and just admit fault. And that's the other problem. I don't think David Stearns has admitted that he fucked this up. That I think they overreacted with Trent Grisham. I have this theory that the team really kind of looked down on Trent Grisham because of what happened in the postseason and that they wanted him gone. And that's why Trent Grisham got traded because the Brewers just didn't want that sort of bad vibes in their clubhouse. And so they got rid of Grisham and Grisham has been great. And it, it, and honestly, if Grisham was the player that he was in Milwaukee, that he is for San Diego right now, you probably wouldn't have even signed Avi Garcia. And I know Avi, Avi Garcia has been great, don't get me wrong, or Jackie Bradley, for that matter. And and Grisham would have been a guy at the top of your order. And, and Grisham is a guy you could really use right now. And you don't have him. And Eric Lauer is in the minors. Urias is throwing the ball over the field. It's a disaster of a trade for David Stearns. David Stearns hasn't had many, and, I, and mistakes happen. But this is a pretty big one. 
And it's hard to look at this and not say he really fucked this up. Moving on, a few quick topics here to wrap up the show. Ryan Braun potentially rumored as a comeback and that the Brewers would trade an outfielder, maybe Avi Garcia, to free up spot for Ryan Braun. This is reported by John Heyman. If you connect the dots there, John Heyman is a big Scott Boris guy. Scott Boris feeds John Heyman all sorts of information, all sorts of nuggets. Scott Boris is a Ryan Braun, I believe, is still a Scott Boris client. This would make me look pretty stupid if Ryan Braun wasn't represented by Scott Boris. Um, Let me look. Should I add that beforehand? Sorry. Yes. Ryan Braun, Scott Boris to confirm that they are in there. So that makes sense that John Heyman is floating out this rumor on local uh, 105, or not 105.7 anymore, 12.50, the fan, uh, saying that there's potential that they'll bring him back during the middle of the season. We are. I'm not surprised by this. Mitch and I talked about this, I think, on a podcast a few weeks ago, that a Ryan Braun midseason comeback, A, we'd be open to it, but B, it's very possible with the fact that COVID stuff is over. A lot of people are vaccinated. It's a different sort of atmosphere. The clubhouse is the same. We could all see Ryan Braun coming back and sort of having this final swan song. Remember, Miller Parker, AmFam Field, will be open 100% um, come late June. So there, I think there would be nothing better than spending the 4th of July weekend, I don't know if the Brewers are at home or not, with Ryan Braun sort of taking swings at the plate. But it could mean trading an outfielder. So would it be worth trading a guy like Abisail Garcia for Ryan Braun? I don't know. I actually don't think they should do that. I think Ryan Braun should just play first base. And I know Ryan Braun didn't like first base. I get it. And he wasn't that great at first base. But look, why wouldn't you have Ryan Braun play first base? Ryan Braun's not going to play every game. Okay? So if you have a rotation of Ryan Braun and Keston Hira out there, What's wrong with that? Also, why would you need to trade a guy like Ryan? Why would you need to trade for Ryan Braun when Ryan Braun's not going to play every game? And yes, when healthy, you have Yelich, you have Hira. I'm sorry, Yelich, Bradley, Kane, Garcia. So if you add Braun to the mix and he's your fifth outfielder, is that disrespectful to Ryan Braun? Is that what Ryan Braun's saying? No, fuck that. I'm not coming back. I don't know. So the Brewers would have to figure out what they would do with their roster if, A, they wanted Ryan Braun back, and B, if Ryan Braun wants to come back. That, I mean, that B is more important than A. If Ryan Braun wants to come back, then, yeah, there's an opportunity for to try to bring him back, but they need to figure out what that roster looks like. They can't necessarily go into this and say, all right, Ryan Braun, you're our guy, but we have no place for you. And so then Ryan Braun's like, well, I'm going to go sign with the Dodgers or I'm going to go sign with the Padres. I'm going to stay in California and just be and finish my career there. And then it'll look really weird to see Ryan Braun in a uniform that isn't the Milwaukee Brewers and probably cause me to cry. Um, Not really, but maybe. And so I think the Brewers will figure out a way to do right by Ryan Braun and also find a spot for him. And I think they also will ask Ryan Braun, like, how much do you want to play? And I think that will really determine what they do with their roster. So Ryan Braun's like, look, I don't know. It's going to take me a while to get acclimated. I I don't think I can start every day right away. I think it's going to be like once or twice a week. And if you were playing in the AL, it'll be great to DH. Um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not there where I can play every day. If that's the case, then they'll probably just get rid of like a Billy McKinney or a Dan Vogelbach, and they'll put Ryan Braun on the roster, and that'll be that'll be that, and they won't make any trades. 
and then maybe Braun by September is ready to go. But yeah, it'll take a while. So I, I'm all in on the idea. I'm not in on the idea of trading a outfielder um, unless the Brewers are out of it. Unless let's just say what happening in May happens in June, and the Brewers look like they're going to be a four or you know fourth best or third best in the NL Central. Then fine, yeah, trade it Avi Garcia for good value, get some players back, and then let Ryan Braun sort of have his swan song. And that would definitely keep people engaged with this Brewer season. And, it, you know, and maybe that's it. Maybe that's what, what you sort of do as a way to save, you know, your ticket revenue. But I do think even if the Brewers are struggling, I do think you're going to have a lot of people in the stands because of everything getting pulled off with COVID. Before we talk about that, let's really quick on Aaron Rodgers. Talking with Kenny Mayne, uh, Aaron Nagler pointed out that the last thing missing is an interview with Greta Van Susteren, which is what Brett Favre did. I can still remember watching that at the Pirolsky residence in Tosa. Half of us, I think, were on Team Rodgers. Half of us were on Team Favre that time. It was very contentious. Uh, the interview was bizarre, if you remember. That, to me, think about that in today. That Favre went on Fox News, of all places. But Fox News, entirely different thing back in 2008 to what it is now. Imagine Favre, imagine Rogers going on like Fox News or MSNBC or CNN to talk about what is next for him as a quarterback. But he's going to be talking to Kenny Mayne. They're buddies. I would imagine it is very joking, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't put it past Kenny Mayne to try to get a soundbite or two out of Aaron Rodgers, to try to figure out what's going on, what happened. And this will be our first time hearing Aaron Rodgers speak. He currently right now is in Hawaii, um, off-season workouts where Rodgers has to come or he'll get fined, I believe starts on Monday. So, And that's when he's interviewing with Kenny Mayne. So if he interviews with Kenny Mayne in Green Bay, nothing would be better just from a dunking on every fucking person in the media. Nothing would be better than Aaron Rodgers signing his deal Sunday or Monday, dunking on everyone who doubted this, and then him going on Kenny Mayne and just kind of dragging his dick and talking about, yeah, this story, this story was blown out of proportion. I don't know what people were talking about there. Yeah, we had some disagreements, but everyone does. You, you've been in a relationship for 17 years and you have those things come up and it just makes Adam Schefter, Jay Glazer, a little bit of Ian Rappaport look just so goddamn dumb. I, I would love nothing more than that to happen for the Green Bay Packers. Maybe it's a pipe dream. I don't know. Guy, kid can dream, right? Lastly, COVID corner. I haven't talked about COVID in a long time on this podcast, mostly because I know you guys don't give a fuck. But last year, at this point, I was talking a lot about COVID. I think we were heading into our second lockdown or it was coming off. It was very contentious at this point last season. Um, and then I believe the bars would open back up in the middle of June or early June. We didn't, we weren't wearing masks at the time. And then masks became a standard, um, I think by the fourth or whatever. And Milwaukee had a pretty quick mask mandate. And then the uh, state of Wisconsin, I think, announced one right around the start of August. So that, that was kind of where we were, right? And now a year later, we are, the mask mandate's coming off. 
on June the 1st, which is great. Um, and I think all of us are looking forward to that, especially those of us who are fully vaccinated like your boy. And the, the mask mandate will be off. The capacity limits have already been increased at Brewer Games, at Bucks Games. The capacity limits are off in, at bars and restaurants. Everybody's kind of free to the, do their own thing. And it's such a great feeling. There are a lot of things that I think we liked about the pandemic that now we have to go back to pre-pandemic, which is wild, especially like workplace. And I don't know if you're going to pull that genie back in the bottle. I, I think that genie's out and I, I have no idea how you get it back in. And maybe you never do. Uh, maybe Or maybe it takes another generation of kids to basically have that reestablishment. But the fact of the matter is, is that we are now going without masks and the brewers and bucks should be able to go to 100 percent by the end of this month the bucks hopefully will get it earlier i i really hope the bucks push for 100 percent by june 1st i don't think that's unrealistic for the bucks maybe they go to 75 at june 1st and say we'll keep our masks on until you know maybe june 15th there's some science behind june 15th indoors just because that is given a proper time for people to get vaccinated when the, all the vaccinations were released and there weren't any limits on it that would give everybody the proper amount of time to get vaccinated so if you aren't vaccinated by then it's kind of your own fucking fault maybe they wait till then to, to keep the masks on or they just say fuck it and, and release it all because there isn't a mask mandate and there's no mask mandate to adhere to after june 1st or it's highly encouraged we were at a golf course over the weekend where they highly encouraged us to wear masks, but then no one was wearing masks in the clubhouse. Some people, I shouldn't say that. Some people were, the staff, some of the staff were, but for the most part, no one was wearing masks. And it was great. And I'll tell you, when Green Lake, I didn't wear masks the entire weekend. I went to a couple bars and there was no, no one asking us for a mask. I think you'd be laughed at, honestly, if you came in wearing a mask. It was not COVID safe, but again, Pandemic's pretty much over, okay? It's on its last legs. It's just about dead. And the, and so, yes, get everybody back to stadiums. It's going to be a wild summer, I think, here in Milwaukee. I think it is going to be balls to the walls. I think people are going to be out. I think people are going to be living. There are a lot, a lot of people that think this could be our generation's roaring 20s, um, Just which is crazy, but they had a massive pandemic they had the spanish flu then after the spanish flu came the roaring 20s then after the roaring 20s came the great depression so let's hope <laughs> let's hope that does not history does not repeat itself entirely right but i mean the way things are going i don't know um so but we won't we won't get into that but yes i think there's no reason for the bucks and brewers to worry about masks as well as you know have full fans um i think it's i think it's time and I'll be curious to see if any bars in the Brady, Water Street, Old World Third, um, what's the other one, Cathedral Square area, try to keep the masks on past June 1st. I don't think they will. Um, I think A, people A, won't show up. B, I don't know how many people will follow it. C, I, I just think they'll, they, they will realize the business effect of someone not having the mask stuff and it will go, go that way. I could see River West and Bayview, someone pointed out to me, continuing with that sort of theme. It uh, just feels right 
um, feels like something that they would do. Like there was a bar, uh, Mothership or Boone and Crockett, super sensitive about it. Like I could see, I could see them like waiting until they're absolutely fucking sure that <laughs> that everybody's vaccinated or as many people are vaccinated as possible. Even though those who are vaccinated really aren't affected, it's those who aren't vaccinated that are taking the risk. But people don't seem to connect those dots for for whatever reason. The last thought on this that I have is with Summerfest. So Summerfest decided to push back their schedule. Um, They're doing it in over Labor Day, as well as the two weeks after. It is going to be Thursday through Sunday each week. They're also going to have a, a Wednesday show. Some people could say, well, Summerfest could have held their water and they could have had a normal Summerfest. No masks, full crowds, whatever. I think... At the end of the day, originally I was like, wow, they really fucked this up. That was my first initial thought. I actually asked my fiance about this and she had a good note that, yeah, they didn't know. Like no one knew that this was going to happen. No one knew that the light switch was almost going to flip, which I agree with. And then I thought about it a little bit more. And I think by September, if things just continue to be normal, which they should, given the vaccine rate, given everything else, that... By September, I think so many people will be comfortable. I think you're going to have a full NFL stadium. I think Lambeau is going to be jammed. I think you will be able to have a full Summerfest crowd. I I don't think there will be any concerns. And so because there will be limited concerns, I think that will make Summerfest almost so much better. Now, do I think that Summerfest, if you were having cocktails with their director and said, do you wish you were doing this in August instead of September? I think he or she would tell you yes. Because August, you're guaranteed pretty good weather. It's humid. It can be sticky. But you're guaranteed good weather. September usually is pretty nice in, in Wisconsin. But you can get some brutal September days, especially later in the month. Now, this does end by the third week of September. It's kind of the close of summer, if you will. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think the Thursday through Sunday uh, setup is going to be wildly successful and will not surprise me if Summerfest does something similar going forward. Um, it would not shock me at all. And I think that's the whole reason they, they're okay with it is because I think this is a big test for later years to see if this is something they should implement if results are better than what they typically are. But I think they will be naturally because I think people are just going to want to do stuff. I think the uh, the amount of people that are going to want to do stuff, especially those who are maybe a little more inside for a variety of reasons, they're going to want to be out and about. And I think Summerfest is part of that. All right, guys, that does it for our show today. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Daily Tap for Thursday. And then Friday, tapping the keg. Mitch and I, Taylor the Tape, Miami Heat, Milwaukee Bucks. I'm going to try to avoid Bucks Heat tomorrow as well. So we kind of get a couple days off before we go back to talking Bucks Heat. Uh, that game starts at 1. It's going to be 80 degrees out in Milwaukee. I And then the Brewers play at 3. I've never thought of a better day drinking day than Saturday. But of course, I got stuff going on. So I, I cannot partake. But it's more I'm telling you. I'm telling the people. All right. Take care, guys. Have a good one. We'll talk tomorrow. Bye.